have to wait until yeah, we don't even know Welcome to the DNA Podcast, your go-to source for nerd knowledge in the 21st century. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and I've been joined. I tried to get some silence here, but you know what? This fails. I've got children on the show. Welcome, Tabletop Journeys, children. Um, actually, I, I got to say this. this is I've got Liwanika, I've got Josh, and I finally have the full, complete collection, though I will have to do a VIP exclusive with him. I've got Glenn Myers on the show as well. Um, you guys might recognize his voice from the Alien RPG that we did uh, yes. back in October. God, that seems like so long ago. It, it really does, but it, it does, wasn't it all that long ago. Like no. Um, yeah. Uh, I apologize if I do sound a little exhausted. I am still recovering. I've discovered I'm old. Uh, I am recovering <laughs> from the expo uh, on it. Sunday. Uh, it was 97 degrees outside, and I was out there for a solid... I'd say at least a solid 14, 13 hours. I was out there from like 9.30 to 6 o'clock. Um, and, and it should be noted that his normal pallid complexion is <laughs> beet red. Yeah, like, definitely yeah. looking a little lobster. Oh, I, 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 you totally are you am. are on fire, sir. On yeah. fire. <laughs> I am. You're normally a little pasty, but yeah. Yeah, I, 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 go for, I, go, I went from goth to like straight up lobster, right? Rock lobster. Rock lobster. Right? <laughs> you, you can put some aloe on it. It might help. You know, the worst thing is my wife actually handed me, uh, you know, suntan lotion to take with me. And it wasn't, you know, Canton's probably about 30 minutes from where I am. And because you were at the beach. Yeah. Everybody well, had. Yeah. Rock lobster. Come on. Rock lobster. Oh, my God. Shut up. I'm telling a story. Uh <laughs> so great adding you guys on um, but yeah she handed she's like here's this suntan lotion because you're going to be outside i'm like oh cool thank you so much i was about 27 minutes away from my house before i realized i forgot it and i was like no nope, can't go back can't go yep. back no nope. uh, it was a great time yeah. uh we had an, a, a lot of people show up uh, you know it, we had a good number show up considering it was 97 degrees outside Right. Uh, we were able to make some money for the uh, Connecticut Children's Medical Center. I don't know how much because uh, I don't have the money and I was supposed to like right, do all that stuff, but it got handed to the wrong people. So I got to go pick it up and take care of it. Uh, but we had a blast. We were able to make some donations. We had lots of support uh, from composite effects uh, from fossil crates. Uh, they came, they gave in stuff for it, uh, you know, we did some pictures with props and stuff. It was a really, really good time. And I cannot wait to do it again, as well as um, uh, on June 11th, here in actually the lovely town of Southington, there is going to be a 90s con um, done by the uh, Southington Public Library. And I think the last time they did it, they had about 800 people show up. So not too shabby for a local town thing. And I'm going to actually be helping out a little bit. It's not quite clear what I'm going to be doing yet. I just actually just got in contact with them, but we're going to be either a supporting them and pitching them as much as I possibly can, or I may be going out there and doing the exact same thing I did at the uh, two guys comics and collectibles uh, expo and making an idiot of myself i actually wore like a velociraptor or t-rex mask from like the new jurassic park and was like trying to make people laugh wore some a full-blown silicone mask where i just like built up like five gallons of sweat as i took it off it was really sexy they didn't need to dump the gatorade over oh no head. they didn't need to do it was dude it was so grody i felt so dirty afterwards 
but uh we did not come here to talk about me we actually came on here to i first off i need to make an apology because uh this episode was supposed to air actually like three weeks ago and uh he shall not be named my son accidentally deleted the episode (laughs) and i like was panicking and talking to josh that night like hey josh i don't have an episode i don't know what happened to it uh, I like so how you blame you your kid, kid too. You know? Oh yeah, so I, when I'm I was like, "Oh my, my dog ate my homework." Yeah. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> my kid deleted it. It was, <laughs> it was my dog ate my podcast. God, it was my kid. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, uh, yes, but I, you know what it was, Glenn. You weren't here, and I couldn't air the episode without you. I had to have the the triple threat. I appreciate that. The check yeah. is in the mail. <laughs> yes. <that's awesome. laughs> Hang on a second. That's I need an insight check to see if that was bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at it. <laughs> I got, I got di- the the dice tray that you painted that Josh uh, got me for Christmas. Yes, so, <laughs> he rolls in yeah. that one. Totally, yeah. He he's. No, I, I I actively believe your bullshit. I I, <laughs> so, rolled, a, I rolled a three. You believe I have me. to say, um, oh Steve, is it okay yep. to swear on your podcast or should I try to watch? Uh, we try to keep it PG thirteen, but go right, ahead. Right. So <laughs> I, I, I will, I will adjust times. the word used. But you know, you have fun at work when. Your wife, who happens to be sitting across from you while we're recording a podcast, says, are you guys recording now or are you just effing off? <laughs> we're recording, of course. This is recording. This yeah. is how this is. So you haven't actually been on the show, but this is typically how the episodes go. And Lee Winika and Josh actually gave me a lot of hell on the last recording of this uh, about how I don't edit my episodes like I, I edit them, but totally, I leave yeah. a lot of it really in because it's just so much more fun this way because you get to see how much of idiots we truly are. <laughs> You're like the um, bra. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he does. He does uh, not produce the uh, the finely manicured product that we do. And but you know, but once again, I think the big mystery is going to be whether or not you know how how do Lee Lanika and I snipe at one another if we're both on your show, Steve? Because this is we have, a, we have a long history of sniping this, at each yes, other. This is true. Your show. Now so. that being and, said. And, I have yeah. to say, I was disappointed that you did some Halo stuff uh, earlier because we were supposed to do Halo together. If I, I was supposed to come back, I thought I thought I saw you did some. You had some I more Halo, a Halo episode yet? No, really? Oh, okay, I haven't so, even finished Halo. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I've still got a couple more episodes yet, and then there's Moon Knight. <laughs> we were gonna do Halo and Moon Knight in one. But I, um, so we ended up doing a Moon Knight episode because that's I what wanted, I saw. Yes, then. yeah, we did okay. a Moon Knight because we had we wanted to get it out there Moon while was it time. was still good, like it was yeah. still like fresh, Airing. fresh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we did a Doctor Strange episode, and uh, so we're doing this episode for this. Uh, we're actually going to air this episode tomorrow, and then Fabulous next fun. week after that, uh, we had so we had a while back we had Doctor Brian Curtis back on the paleontologist, and we answered a lot of questions, and so he. Dude, he gave us so many more fun facts, and we're gonna have him come back on and actually right. talk about the new Jurassic Park movie. And we're gonna, you know, factor crap every like uh, bits and pieces of the, that movie and dissect it, um, yeah. which will be a blast. Sounds like a hoot. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, but what I was gonna say is, yes, you could have uh, Lee Winika actually had a shot at Josh if I was a nice and or if I was mean and let him keep his mic for the third time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, number three. Look, yeah, last yeah. time doesn't count because you lost the audio, Steve. That's that is true. Right, <laughs> this is so. true. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. say that's two and a half times. Yeah. That's two and a half I'm, times. Yeah, that's two and a half. Times. I'm like, I'm like Aaron Judge. I'm gonna complain to the umpire, get an extra strike. <laughs> but we did not come here. Really to did? Mock you really guys. did? 
That, really? that, I went there. That's how we're starting. <laughs> that, that, that's exactly how we're starting. Yeah. All righty. Uh, should, should I ask uh, Lee Winika at the end of the episode to uh, put up all the, you know, do all the shout outs and shameless plugins and let him struggle and panic? <laughs> well, if, <laughs> if you tell him now, he can get the document pulled up by the end of the show. So, so well, I, now I, I might I, ask Glenn. I never, I no, never we've got, a, we've got a new shtick now. You just ask us. And then me and me and Lee, Lee Winika both go. Josh, like, uh, <laughs> there, there you go. go. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, so, but we did come here to actually talk about a subject tonight, which is always a blast getting onto our tangents. Uh, we came here to talk about this amazing, beautiful creation that the three of you have actually created together. Yeah. Um, we came here to talk about the Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse. And it only took me two episodes of recording to, to get the name, right, yeah. get that name <laughs> without screwing up the multiverse of madness. And well this. done, sir. Yes. Right. <laughs> Excellent. Awesome. Dude, there are a lot of multiverse titles coming out right there now. Are, yeah. <laughs> so, so let's talk about this beautiful creation that you have guys created. Uh, yeah. We'll start with Josh. Then we'll go Lee Winika, and then we'll go Glenn. You can kind of segue yeah. how you guys want to uh, like tell me what is the traveler's guide to the multiverse yeah sure so uh first of all steve uh, before we get into all that thank you so very much for having us on your like you, we love having we love coming on your show we love talking uh, a bunch of bull crap with you on pretty much any topic um and the fact that we get to go ahead and come on your show and talk about ourselves is really probably our best thing ever so uh, uh so thank you very much for having us on what is the traveler's guide to the multiverse so the traveler's guide to the multiverse is a 60 plus page book companion to the latest wizards of the coast title uh morgan canaan's monsters the multiverse uh monsters of the multiverse focused on uh not just uh, uh creatures but also playable races <clears throat> and what we wrote uh what we put together was a, a companion for those playable races uh so that if you wanted to take one of those playable races and bring it into a multiverse campaign be it Spelljammer or planescape or any number of other any anything uh, really any right. any other sort of uh any other sort of jaunt that goes beyond the ethereal plane uh it is full of backgrounds and feats and uh equipment and magic items galore uh and uh, and uh for you storytellers out there it's full of plot hooks also to go ahead and help bring uh bring your campaign to that next level to that next plane of existence so uh yeah go ahead Luanika. all Same right way. Yeah, so uh, speaking of planes of existence, uh, in addition to being a great companion to uh, Morton Caden's uh, book, the new one that came out, uh, actually it came out in January as part of that three three book box set, uh, but has recently <laughs> been, excuse me, yeah, <laughs> but it was recently released solo. Uh, uh, we took this book here and we decided that in addition to uh, being a great companion for that, we were looking a bit forward. So knowing, believing, and to some extent knowing that Spelljammer was on its way, uh, as Josh and myself had done a playtest. Josh had done a, another couple playtests, but I took part in one of those playtests for what we knew was a Spelljammer campaign book, but we were ND, NDA'd, so we couldn't really uh, discuss it. We knew there were some things that we wanted to be kind of prepped for, so we seeded within this book a number of things for the Spelljammer uh, game that's being released later this summer. And then so, we got the teaser of the UA for Spelljammer, which really helped sense yeah, that in. Yeah, like we were very confident, but then once we got the UA, we're like, oh yeah, it's definitely coming. So then there was, uh, let's add some additional content here to really beef up our ability to bridge the gap between the two books. 
Uh, and, and that way you can have a spell jammer ship with great equipment, great ideas, some new and robust rules that are easy to learn, fun to use, quick to run, uh, and uh, be able to do new and different things that 5e just hasn't done before. Yep. Or did badly. <laughs> or did badly. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of what we we're trying to do is, um, you know, knowing that there's more coming and hoping that maybe one day we'll get a new Planescape book too. Because uh, as we did research for this, I really fell in love with Sigil City of Doors. Um, mm. So I'm hoping that that comes. And it's got some uh, DMs Guild, you know, workups that have been done by other folks. But I'm hoping Wizards puts out a new release of, of Sigil at some point and, and Planescape. I think that'll be really cool. But we wanted to look ahead and say, all right, so once you leave the material plane, once you leave your homeworld, what are you going to need? You know, and that's that's kind of where we started from. Yep. Um, and did our best to try to fill whatever ni niches niches is that how you say that word i always try to say niches but i know it's not wrong is it niches <laughs> niches yeah niches. Right. okay yeah okay fair enough i'm not trying to get no stitches so we're gonna say we're trying to fill in those gaps we're not we're gonna throw the the stitches word niche out i don't want stitches um and, and see what we could come up with and for spell jammer i mean like we've got three specific spell jammer tied backgrounds in the book um and a lot of other things that can work with it so yeah absolutely we're we're it's positioned nicely for that one too for coming time so, so let me ask you guys this what was i i, I want to do this in a two-part question we'll start with this what made you think you know what this is something that needs to be done i'm the person we are the people to do this yeah and then from there what was the most difficult part of setting up this and conducting this book? I'll, I'll take this one. If you guys don't mind, at least part one of the question, yeah, how about it? Yeah. I, I think the answer really comes down to something that creatives share as a whole, if not me, who then, and would I be happy with them doing it anyway? Uh, that's really the answer to the question in its shortest form. I'll expand a bit. We really love this game. We really love this community. We really love having fun with our friends, our comrades, and new people we meet. And one of the things that makes the game fun and interesting is when new stuff gets brought to the session. It, look, if this game was excellent and amazing just as is with nothing else needed, we would never need anything beyond the Player's Handbook, the DMG, and the Monsters, and the Monsters, uh, Monsters Compendium. We would have uh, eight, eight to ten monsters and everybody would be happy fighting goblins for five tiers or four tiers, right? <laughs> but the reality is that's not getting it, right? You have to do bring new things to the adventures, to your campaigns, to your stories, to your players in order to keep making it interesting. It's not that the other things or the traditional things aren't fun, but they are they are made more fun when you bring new things in to work with them, contrast against them, to play against type and that type of thing. So creative minds are always thinking, if not me, then who? Yeah. If not this, then what? <laughs> and so we, without a lot of deep and creative thought, are always, what are the things we're adding at our to our table? There's a yeah. new book coming out. What do we think is going to be in it? And since we know there are things that are not going to be there, what? That's the formation of this book. We filled in the what was going to be there. And, and we have immediately, just by asking that question, answered the if not, then who? Us. We. Tabletop Journeys. Right. It's always going to be us who will want to go out there and build new things. 
and and that really speaks to it too. Um, it speaks to taking. We talk about it in our games all the time. Taking agency and taking action. Um, what it what it boils down to is we knew we've known we've talked about that we want to get into the creator space that we want to generate content that we homebrew enough material and we have enough imagination and creative ideas that we know our players love and uh the three of us feed each other's creative process really well to help us continue to drive that um so pretty much the other part the other answer to that question is because we decided to do it instead of talk about it yeah so we picked the yeah. next book coming out and said, how can we as creators create some awesome content that's going to fit what we see coming for the hobby? And we sat down and did it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, so it's great that they talked about you guys being creators and everything. Um, so when I look at this book, I mean, you guys are a triad. You're a trifecta. There's three of you here, right? Yeah. How much of the book you know, is it, is it, is it evenly distributed? How much of this is each of your baby? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the, the work was definitely split between, between all three of us pretty equally. I think that there were certain pieces of it that, that one person did more than the other, but I mean, there are parts of this book that you can go through and like knowing, knowing what our process was behind the scenes. It's like, oh man, I know that I remember when Glenn wrote that. And I can remember like, oh, I remember when we went over that in the production meetings and like yeah. we worked on it, we tweaked it and everything like that, you know, mm -hmm. but like no one thing is owned by any one of us. Right. It's right. like, you know, I'm, I'm a lot of mechanic guy. I like, I like the numbers of it and everything like that. So like a lot mm -hmm. of times when we're going over like, oh, how's this item need to work and what's the skill need to be and all that sort of thing, you know, where, where, you know, Glenn, uh, we refer to it actually among ourselves as Glenning up, right? Where it's like, it's like, Liwanika and I will put this random crap on a page and be like, Glenn, please make this, please make my poop pretty, you know? I'm the, I'm the, the final <laughs> pros know? guy. Yeah, totally, <laughs> you know? And, and like, and the, the, the way that you are... It, if I, if I may stroke your ego a little bit here, Glenn, the way that you are able to tease such beautiful prose out of the, the modeled lump of clay that we give you uh, is just fantastic, you know? Um, and It's, and, it's, it's yeah. a process, man. And you guys are involved in it too, in those production yeah. meetings when we talk about it and we say, okay, what did you mean with this? And we yeah, talk about exactly. it until we find, yeah. find that piece and we all make notes collaboratively. So, I mean, yeah. each of us could probably pick a couple of things in here that we're 80 plus percent of because we wrote it and it was pretty yeah, yeah, straightforward yeah. from the beginning we get, everybody gave some minor tweaks but every other yeah. piece in here was all it was all three of us in meetings going over it saying yeah. how can we fix it what yeah, do we need more we better yeah more yeah. lore sauce was one of the yeah. expressions <laughs> thrown exactly. like need more lore sauce. sauce yeah <laughs> you know uh i think one of the best things about this book is while there are individual pieces where i can say Oh, yeah, that was my idea from the rip and everybody touched it to get it to where it is, which is amazing. Um, but there and there are parts that I could say that was all Josh, like Josh just did that. The rest of us kind of um, and, and bro to interject briefly and stroke your ego. You are an idea, man. Yeah. Like thank, you come up with you. amazing ideas. Yeah, for sure. Thank, yeah. The three of yeah. us tease it together by the time we're done. But you, yeah. you are an idea, man. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I can tell you, there are some things where at the end of the day, the three of us spent so much time working this book that I don't remember who started a given thing. Yeah, like I've actually sure. said, oh, Josh, remember, or Josh, you did a great job with it because that, that wasn't me. And then that he's like, my. and then I'm like, oh, so it must. And then I'll be like, Glenn, I love it because, dude, you wrote that. You, that happened yeah, that's twice. Yours. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and I'm like, really? You know, and that's just on some of the things. There are other things that are 
we like I threw out some ideas early in the process that were basically um, actually a large section of this book. A major section of this book came from a series of conversations I had with Glenn last late last winter, year, last yeah. last year, late winter, early spring. You're talking and about my nautical campaign and my yeah, or two nautical campaigns. campaigns. I was, and I remember saying, we've got something here. I got to write this down. And I put it on like scraps of paper, put it in a folder that sat on my shelf back over there somewhere. And then when we got to, to ready to write this, it was like, hey, when we said, OK, we're going to start now in two weeks, we're going to have all our ideas up and we're going to go through our first initial cut on the ideas. We're not nothing has to necessarily be finished, but all of our ideas have to be up there and we make up or down votes and yep. and we'll go from there. And I remember when we did that, I went back to that folder and I pulled like two or three folders like that out. And I'm like, does this fit the theme? Yes. Yes. Maybe. Could be. Heck yeah. no. And the heck knows went back in the folder and went back on the shelf for some other project. Maybe the you'll see them later. Yeah. And everything else just went. I. I Jimmy them up so they would fit uh, into the document. When we had that cut, initial cut meeting, some of those things were immediately cut. Uh, some of those things were pushed to a future project uh, at, because they just didn't fit the theme very well or we didn't think we could. Some of those things moved forward. Some of the things that moved forward were cut on the second cut. And I, we basically had two and a half cuts or almost three cuts, I think. One Mostly of the two. Made but, it to the end, but lost half its stuff. Mm. Yeah. 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 You know, but. It, it, like I said, it was such a great collaborative process. I think the uh, the fast answer, which we absolutely didn't start with, is I don't think any part of this was really one. Of, I don't think this as a whole was one of us more than the other. I think the amount of work that all three of us put into this really does come to that 33-33-33 split. Yeah. Um, there's some significant heavy lifting on the layout that is entirely Josh because I don't do any of that. There's some significant heavy lift, lifting on the artwork because Glenn does some of the uh, doctoring yeah. up and, and, and completion work on some of the artwork that's in the book. I made uh, the cover. You know, <laughs> there are some there's some art direction stuff that I did at the end that was I'm not digging this picture. Or we had yeah. a couple of pictures that on second glance were like, oh, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> and so it was like in the last week when we're down to days before this has to release, it's like we got to find more stuff. I'm like, I, a, I'm on it. A couple of crucial and, finds. And, and it was like three hours worth of digging through various um, uh, picture folders uh, that through a service that we utilized for this book uh, because we fe felt that art was such an important piece. We invested to do that. Um, that, uh, you know, three hours searching through all of the options to find, uh, in, in two of the cases, the perfect picture to oh, fit. Oh. Yep. I doubt you, <laughs> come on now. I doubt you, you went through all of the, the options. The thing is huge, yeah. but yeah, it's you like, could, yeah. you could keep going for three hours yeah. and never find the bottom. Yeah. 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 Oh no, no, I didn't find the, I didn't go through all of that. It took me three hours to find what I did find for the oh, book. Yeah. So I got yeah. to the end of the project on it, but I didn't get to the end of that, but I learned a lot about what they have. It's made future, future, uh, later searches much more, uh, yeah. efficient and, uh, like, uh, just things I did for the podcast, uh, last night, uh, yeah. uh last night and the night before for the episode we just released, uh, was amazingly fast because of things I learned doing yeah. this book. And so, Steve, to the to the other half. Of, so now that we've kind of like gone off on that for 15 <laughs> minutes, right? Yeah. The other half of your question about what part of the book was most difficult, mm. I think 
the book itself is actually the most difficult part of putting the book together because you know without any sense of sort of like irony or like understatement I don't think that we really realized how hard putting out this book was going to be right Mm -hmm. like it is it is a we did not give ourselves if we're being totally honest right we did not give ourselves enough time in our in our calendar to go ahead and put it together we we you know and and you know uh uh we kind of it is all internal timelines so it wasn't like uh it wasn't like we'd said okay we're going to release on march 1st and we have people putting down their shekels and and everything like that but you know uh but our kind of internal timeline was like yeah you know what guys we we really need to get more art for this book or we really need to go ahead and finish reading through this stuff or you know oh crap we just dumped 50 pages worth of material on glenn's desk he's not going to be able to read through it in a week like that's we need to give glenn more time to go ahead and really make sure that this stuff make sure this stuff sings so you know i think that that is that was honestly the biggest lesson for me is that you know putting a book together that's i mean this is only 60 pages long so it's not like a 300 page book uh but there's also only the three of us so it's not like we have a team of 25 writers working behind us so so uh, let me ask you this because you're bringing up a good point that i want to ask here is i mean we have all there's I don't even want to know how many years of like fantasy role playing in between the four of us right here. Some of us are more vintage than others, but you know, uh, (laughs) I'm not so sure. Shots fired. Shots fired. uh, You're going with the old thing. Yeah. That's vintage. I took vintage as a compliment. I'm like, Oh, vintage is a compliment. That's a nice way of saying (laughs) there's some old people here. I like saying I'm vintage or antique, you know, does not say antique, but like vintage. It just sounds young. You're a young pup. You're classic. I, I feel old. I'm classic <laughs> yeah. right now. How about that? We, we, but you know classic. that between the three of us, there's more than a hundred years worth of role playing. <laughs> so, so let's yeah, start I mean, there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. But you guys, we have all played different characters. We have all set up different scenarios. Uh, but the three of you, you know, without like igniting, you know, fires that have been like quashed here. Did you guys have artistic differences? Were there were there instances where you guys were like, you know what, that's dumb? Oh, here we go. Um, no, the, yes, no we did. not at all. We, Perfect. From the moment we got together, "Kumbaya" echoed in the halls of I'm each sure. of our homes. I'm sure this yeah. was so smooth. Every idea was wrought with success and there wonderfully was, uh loved as I mean, it was placed upon gilded platters I, and I, ended I, up in this book absolutely I mean, friggin not absolutely <laughs> not i mean it was the very first production meeting yeah, when we talked about we it right sat at the down beginning. yeah right at the very beginning it was like it was like we sat down and we're like okay we have got a hundred something things to go through we're gonna do quick cuts anything that does not get a, a, a thumbs up vote from at least two of us gets kicked out of the book and if that's your baby if that's your thing i'm really sorry but there Dress are, it up, no, bring feel- it back next there are time. no feelings at this <laughs> yeah. point forward because yeah. once we cut something we are not going back and revisiting it period like that's it, it this it's is it. re- it's ready or it's not that it's was ready or it's one. not exactly and yeah. then so, same and same thing we bit off too. way more than we could chew we didn't know yeah. the size mm. of the, and scope of, of what we were <laughs> yeah. getting into so we started out yeah. with way more ideas than we could process yep yep well, you know so, and, but yeah but, but there's certainly like in any creative team and I we laugh because of course there was contention but I don't think at any point the contention was negative Mm. all three of us realized that we were working together to go ahead and make the best friggin book we we could and we wound up coming up with a product that that I know that I am really really proud of I'm really really happy about what we put on the page here and 
yeah, it certainly it certainly took some some nights of like I know that it's eleven thirty at night, Lewanika, but if you don't like the art I picked, go find some art for me. Like I'm not like I'm not I'm yeah. not going to keep digging for art that you don't like. You know, like, yeah. just as an example, go get know, it yourself. And then I was yeah, up, go, go get it yourself. Accepted. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I did my best Barney Stinson. I suit up, and by yep. time Josh woke up in the morning, there was a art plethora was of art. Yep. And, and, yeah. You know, uh, well, I came in a little late to the art game, but man. And I loved it. I it, was spent so long doing the final edit on prose that it took me a while to get into it. But yeah, yeah. I, the art is is kind of my jam. I really enjoyed that part yeah. too. And it, and the, his cover was amazing. And um, really to is, be yeah. to be fair, Absolutely. I did not draw any of that. That's a compilation of multiple photos with some Photoshop effects. All I, I did it. was graphic engineer it. Yeah. yeah. So um, I I would I would say this though uh, in regards to uh, any conflict and that's a terrible word it doesn't really describe that's why i said artistic differences yeah artistic differences i would say this we work really well i'm blessed with working with two very smart individuals uh who if between the three of us there's something role-playing wise that we just don't get Mm -hmm. i guarantee you there's something wrong with that thing when it goes to the masses i can guarantee you there is very little that one of the th- that two of the three of us don't understand that works smoothly at a game table. Any one of us could miss something one time when two of us don't get something that tells you it needs to be worked on. And it was fantastic for getting our rules much smoother. It mm. is the reason why if two people are telling me and if these two specifically these two are telling me, I just don't understand what you're getting. And if I've explained it three, four times and they're still not getting it, I guarantee you that got moved out of this book. Maybe not forever. Maybe it's, we got to work on that later. We got to figure that out, but it's not going to be ready because the reality is in order to run well at a table, it's got to be intuitive. The numbers got to make sense. You can have some complexity. You can have some crunch, but if it's not intuitive, people don't get it. It's not going to fly at a table. And when you're talking about third-party content, I'm not talking about Watsi. If Watsi has something that people don't get, they just bitch about it on YouTube for, for years, right? Well, they're Watsi. <laughs> but they're Watsi. Uh, you know, as you get smaller and smaller companies, there's a, there's a top tier, Watsi, and then there's everybody else, Pathfinder, uh, uh, all, all the big names, uh, you know, uh, Frog God Games, uh, powered by the apocalypse all in that second tier of games. And that's not pejorative. That's just the way the numbers literally work in re- uh, right now as we know them. But if they've got things that don't make sense to people in general, there's ways to work around it. You can errata, you can go to a website, you can go to whatever. But for the, for the groups of individuals, whether they be individuals or they be indie companies or smaller groups that are doing Kickstarters, we don't have the clout to have a errata on a website. I can't go and tweet why what I said and what I intended and have that matter of crap to somebody. They're mm-hmm. either not going to buy that book or they're not going to buy the next book. So it right. has to be intuitive. It has to be smooth. And a lot of our, a lot of our decisions for it, does it stay in this book? Does it get revisited later? Do we change it wholesale to something else? Uh, really came down to that. There are some things that m- might have changed that maybe not have been quite the way I wanted. I'm a bit of a crunch kind of guy myself. So, but if it wasn't going to be smooth and intuitive, then there was no point in putting it in the book. 
How daunting and was that to make sure that you had that? Right I had the to, first time. I had to learn some skills. Um, there are great resources that we were able to utilize. Josh found a, a gave me a, a couple of CR calculators, and there's this great calculator that Josh found. It's amazing. It lets you cover. Uh, calculate average numbers on die rolls. So you put in the die uh, calculation and it gives you what the average is. And so that allowed me, once I started doing that for a couple of the character uh, stat blocks uh, and figuring that out, it really started helping me understand the whole DPS part of uh, stat block building and, and monster building and, and then setting up the CRs. So I was able to take that, generator and then use that along with the cr generator or cr actually it wasn't even a generator it was a thing that told you the cr when you put in stats so you put in the stats of your creature it will tell you what cr that should be and then you can move that up or down and you and knowing the numbers now and learning the the math behind the numbers i was able to tweak things so i hit the cr that fit the kinds of stories we were trying to tell and uh daunting no, yes, but I thought of it more as a fun challenge because I really wanted to understand the game. Like there's a level of understanding of the game that I had before I started this book and there's the level I have now and I am much better at an, on an understanding level. I now understand why certain things don't work, whether it be third party or Watsi. I'm like, I get why that didn't work because that should have been this or that. And now when I start, when we start talking about future projects, it makes it a lot easier to figure out what I want to do, what I want to fix. So it's safe to say you guys, now you know how the sausage is made and you have a, like a new appreciation for other products out there. That's definitely true. Absolutely. But we don't exactly have an exact sausage recipe yet. All right. We've, we've got the, the initial note cards where we made lots of, lots of, uh, cross outs and change half cups to quarter cups and you know <laughs> it, it looks like an old an old piece of scratch paper um but we are as we start taking the lessons that we learned and applying them to our next projects and hopefully learning some lessons mm -hmm. as we go from some other folks that we might be working with um and you know each each piece will make the next one better yeah. yep. what would be some so let's say i want to create a book right now what would be the best solid advice you think each of you could give for me to start a book? Start writing. Start writing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, you're going to need a plan to mm -hmm. a degree, yep. you know, but it doesn't need to be an exact outline. Yep. You're starting out with ideas. Even if that's yeah. all you're doing is generating, um, brainstorming, until you find your topics, until you find your items. Yeah. Uh, but you've got to start. And I say that I'm not trying to be tongue in cheek or anything, but it's so easy to leave your project on the back burner because I'm just not ready yet. I haven't done enough research yet. I haven't planned this well enough. Um, and then once you start writing, at a certain point, you got to let go. Yeah. Because you can keep, yeah, it's you can keep, you you can keep yeah. massaging it until yeah. you've killed it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so at a certain point, you got to let go of your baby. Let me ask you this. Let's broaden this question a little bit here. How much different was writing this book from writing a D&D campaign for your, your players to play? Boy, you Ooh. know, there's a lot of similarities, um, mm -hmm. but what it, the big difference for me was that once it's in the book, 
there's a level of permanence to it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's the way, because we have adventure hooks in the book. I mean, we have 10, 15 pages of adventure hooks. And, you know, we've talked about this, about how, like, you know, if we wanted to run, if we wanted to, like, run a, run a special game where, like, we run one of the adventure hooks in the book, right? Mm-hmm. What would we do with them, right? Um, and none of them are, like, full campaigns. None of them are fully fleshed out. It's not like a 20-page campaign or anything like that. It's like, it's like a one page, like, Hey, we have a campaign idea here and here are some prompts for you as the storyteller. But I think that what the, the difference is like, maybe campaigns are a bad example. Maybe magic items are a better example, right? Okay. If there are a bunch of magic items in the book, right? Once you put them in the book though, like those are now the rules for the magic item where if you're at the table, there's a little bit more flex about how you can introduce things or the rules that can run with them. You know, like, like if, uh, you know, if a magic item, you know, if you're in the Feywild and a magic item does one thing in game one and a different thing in game three, well, that's Fey bullshit. Gotta love it. Right. We're in the Feywild, you know, where now that it's in the book, it's like, Oh no, that's actually how this, that's, these are the rules that this magic item goes by. And these rules have been, have been vetted by the three of us. They've been put in front of editors. Editors understood them. They thought that it was balanced. He, here's the way the magic item works now. And so, you know, I think that, yeah, they're codified. And so like, I think that that's kind of the big difference is like writing a book and writing a campaign are similar enough, but running a campaign and writing a book are virtually totally different because of the amount of flex that you can put into running a campaign. You only get one shot. So you need to use other people too, not just yourself, get people to edit for you, get players to help play test it, you know, get feedback as as you go. That was going to be my advice to you is that if you wanted to go ahead and start writing your own book, not only do you have to start writing and stop writing at some point, but make sure that you're not the only person that ever reads it before anybody, before you put it out into the world, because our uh, for as much revision and as much work as the three of us did on this the scariest thing and the best thing that we did was then we took our baby and said and gave it to gave it to editors and said does this actually make sense to you dear friend who has not been in our mind for the last three months you know does this actually make sense right exactly right you know and and has like all the context and all the background on how we went through version after version after version of this of this thing it's like oh i remember like five versions ago it said this you know sometimes you forget that it doesn't say that anymore right and so that would be my my advice is that once you're done writing, give it to other people because they will give it back to you and you will have more writing to do. Was um, it frustrating for after when they would like you would give your baby to these play testers and they're like, this doesn't make sense. I would uh, say no, no it was I would say they were no, right no. every time. Every Absolutely. Time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, look, I'll say this one. We ab- have absolute and utmost trust in the folks who edited this book. Hmm. Um, yeah. They are family and as close to family as we are close to family uh, amongst the three of us. So uh, one of them I've known since I was 15 years old. Uh, the other one's married to one of my, <laughs> to, uh, to, to Glenn, right? So um, <laughs> just part of our writing process. So she now edits for tabletop journeys too. Yeah. 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 So uh, I would say uh, absolute trust. They would never give me advice that was destined to make me fail or wrongheaded in some way. And yeah. so because I have that high level of trust, if they, like I said, we're three smart guys, but we wrote it. So we, well, and we intuitively could get it, yeah. right? Yeah. But when they read it, who were not part of that process, and on first glance, they had questions like, why doesn't this work? Sometimes it's, oh, because there's this thing that we talked about that we never put on paper that we always intuitively understood. I guess yeah. it's time to put yeah. that on paper now. 
um like so, you know, so not most, I, I guess you should clarify because i don't want to be like oh i'm i'm mad at you know glenn's wife how dare she <laughs> ridicule this but more like oh my gosh i'm an idiot how, how did i forget that oh my gosh this that seems so obvious to me no i would say oh, yeah no opposite because- it was yeah. more. Thank God you caught that. Oh my God! Exactly. Because okay. we still want out there book. in the public. Yeah. yeah. Without without that process, we are not. This book is not nearly as good without that process as it was with this process. And yep. so, like, it, it's more like the oh, you know, thank it, it. It was, it was, it was not like at no point did I was like, oh man, I, was, I can't believe we did that. Like, oh, you know, yeah. I forgot. To, can't believe I didn't. I didn't take off the little boxes that are around all the all the character blocks. Like, oh, that just like looks like crap. How could I? never got like that it was more just like oh man like thank god somebody else found this so that this book can be as good as it is because that was the goal yeah josh said something very early when we did our first cut he goes look there are no emotions in this this is everything decision we're making in this meeting and every meeting that follows about this book is to make the best book we possibly can and that's something i took deep into my soul and carried into every time an idea was talked about and discussed even if I disagreed with the opinion, even if I was debating or arguing for, and it was more debating than arguing, or, but, or trying to convince, like, I really want this to stay because of X, Y, or Z, uh, it was always because everybody wanted the best thing for the book. And in some cases, uh, some of those decisions that were very hard for me to take, like, that's not going to be in this book. It was not going to be in this book, not because it was bad, but because it, it fit a different theme better. It's not even that it didn't fit this theme. It's just like, if we save that for the next project that we're discussing and it goes there, that's going to make that project sing. It's not going to change whether this one sings, but it's going to be the difference maker in that other one. And, you know, I would liken it to uh, Rhodey looking at uh, the the other Iron Man suit uh, in in Iron Man 1 next time. Like, you knew in that moment it was going to be hot but it couldn't happen at that moment. Save it for the next movie because the next movie made it, made, made that made him in that suit, even though it was a different actor, it made Rhodey in that suit a much more fun experience. Yeah. So now, now that we've like dissected the blood, sweat and tears of this book that you guys have created, <laughs> how happy, how proud, how excited, ecstatic, relieved are you with this, 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 your baby? Because it yeah. is, it is legitimately your baby. This is your guys, like nerd not knowledge child that you guys have bestowed <laughs> upon the world. Take it or I leave a, it. I made a, I made a, a twins reference to the milkshake involved in their creation at one point in another episode, but I won't, I won't yeah. completely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, this is this. But it brings are you all excited? the boys to the yard. Yeah. I am so super stoked, and I gotta oh, tell God. you, one of the greatest things was. Um, at my Saturday game table, which is virtual, um, we're playing the game or whatever, and I, I'm talking about it, and somebody had asked me about the book, and I mentioned something, uh, and he's like, oh, really? It's, it's on DM's Guild already? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay. And we're playing a little bit, and next thing I know, he's like, like just breaks the action of the game, which normally I would not be terribly be happy with, but he says to me, he's like, so I want to make a list of the magic items that are in the book that my character wants in your campaign right now. <laughs> and i'm like oh, oh that's so cool <laughs> did, he want, did, did he want the oblivion mind leech you know he wanted the oblivion. no no he did not he, he did not but he yeah. had some great I, but so it was like once he did he's like i want this he, he wanted the um 
the 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 monocle of the was it the monocle of the curator? Monocle curator. That's it. Yeah, that was the one that he that he wanted right away. Uh, yeah. and, and uh, he's like, yeah, I want this, <laughs> and it was immediate. And then it was like, oh, I got to have this other thing, and and it's uh, I I need shipments of the poultices so I could send out to my to to to, to, to with my units when they're going around. Because there aren't that many magic users, or there aren't that many clerics around, or what that type of thing. So it was amazing, uh, like, and it was all like right there. And then <clears> I'm like, okay, we're gonna get to that afterwards, uh, you know. And a similar conversation uh, in other games that I've run since then, where people are like, once they're like, oh, that's in there, like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, it, it, so it, it's it's a lot of fun. So knowing that information, how does that make you feel, Josh? Oh man. I mean, that's, I love the fact that, uh, that this stuff is already being used by players that play in our game. And, and like, honestly, like I am so proud of the book that we wound up putting out. I was at the moment that, cause you know, like we went, as you said earlier, like I was doing the layout, the layout was very much the last step of the process, right? It's like, that's the last thing. Like all the, all the writing has been done. Most of the tears have been cried. All the art has been put in a folder. It just needs to kind of be assembled and stitched together and everything like that. But I remember the moment that I like made the last change, went through the last of the editor, the last of the changes from the editors were like, Oh yeah, Nope, this is messed up. You gotta fix it. You know, move this blah, 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 blah. And I remember sitting there and like saving the affinity file and exporting it to PDF. And then just like reading through the PDF. And I was like, yep, yep. All this is exactly the way that I want it. And I just like sat back and I was like, it's, it's done. The book is done. Like, this is okay. It was this, this whole, like, like this weight was like lifted off of my shoulders. Like, Oh, Wait, it's was that the it's final so weight good. lift or like one of the times where then 15 minutes later, one of us said, wait, did you see this? And you had to like change five pages yeah. and redo it all. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I mean, like oh, I, I would, I would like imagine that was that, very yeah. stressful. That would be very stressful for me. Once I stopped asking for more feedback. Yeah. <laughs> like I would be so stressed right now because I would be like, okay, we've done everything that I think we could possibly do. Yeah. You're about to publish this project. Yeah. Like there would always be that worm in my mind that, there's something I missed. Oh, sure. There always will and I'm be. Sure, I'm yeah. sure there is. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the other thing, too, is that let's let's be honest here. I am sure that if somebody went through the book with a fine-tooth comb, they would find a missed, a misspelling or, or you know, like uh, like two words that are smushed together because the spacing is weird or something. There, there you will still be find things. those in professionally published books. That's exactly what I was going to say. Major go, publishing go, houses. Go, go to a Watsy book and go ahead and see if you can't find a misspelling. I can guarantee you that there's one in every single Watsy book, too. Oh, right. certainly, so, certainly missed uh, commas and such like that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's not nerve wracking, though. It's like, and, nope, and it's we like be... now, that, now that it's done. I can let it go. Yeah. 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 And, and we can't be positive that there's not somebody out there who could take one of the mechanics that we've designed and and when they look at it with their head just be like oh wouldn't it be simpler if we did it this way i'm sure that that's going to happen too <laughs> sure yeah uh, it, it is what well, it is so you know you get it as good as you can and mm. we put enough into it to know that you know everything that we did we did to the best of our ability and yeah. i mean not for nothing it's pretty damn good awesome i it's can so tell good. you yeah. I, I can tell you this I can run anything in this book at my tables and much of it I have in their original forms. Mm -hmm. And I have already changed some of those things to the current forms. And there's even more that I'm running. And I have to say, uh, there's a, a section of this book that will likely 
uh, be the demise of my current character in Streams of Spiro and might even get be the demise of uh, Glenn's current character in that same streamed uh, actual play uh, uh, campaign. And I say that because I was speaking with the DM last night and he was talking about, he goes, you know, I love you guys. And I want you to know this from the bottom of my heart. You should have never gave me the Umbral Force weapons before <laughs> you are, were about to face Zinn. <laughs> and, I, and I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, that's yeah. going to hurt. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so let me ask you this: since you're talking about items and everything, without giving away too many spoilers, because we want people to purchase your books, mm -hmm. um, what is one of your favorite items? And I want to start with Glenn because I actually haven't had this conversation with you. What was or is one of your favorite things that is in this book? Ooh, you changed it from items to things. I mean, are we talking or, about okay. the whole, the whole oh, You're asking uh, me to pick amongst my favorite children. Okay, I mean, uh, so let's let's keep this simple. Let's say favorite items because that's that's one of the 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 big selling points for this is you guys bring a lot of really cool things items to this book. All right, well, I'm going to cheat and give you two. That's things. that's fair because I cheat. That's just what I do. Um, but the first one's not going to be an item. It's going to be a background. Okay. Um, because I brought it up earlier for Sigil and just because our backgrounds are amazing. So I want people to realize that they're, okay. they're there as well. We talk about background all the time on our show. Uh, but I fell in love with uh, the Sigil Light Bearer as I wrote it. Um, so I, that, that is one of my favorite, my favorite things in the book uh, is the background, the Sigil Light Bearer. And it's, it's a good time. If you go into our backgrounds and you look at them, um, not only did we come up with some cool narrative stories for for how they go and some really interesting um feature abilities but when you get into our bonds and flaws we've got a few that are generic watsi style but most of them are pretty uh pretty specific to the to the class um like it'll it'll specifically call out uh, for somebody who's one of from one of the spell jammer backgrounds you know oh in the deep black you know there's no room for contemplating good and evil like right there on the bonds and flaws they're they're pretty groovy you should read them okay uh but now i'll bring you my my item i'm sorry i cheated <laughs> actually i'm not ha uh but my favorite item in the game so my favorite item in the game is i'm gonna give you two again because i'm gonna let <laughs> just go for it my favorite item in the game is liwanika's baby that we all worked on until it was perfect and that's the imperial dragon chess set of the high court but if leo and Nico would like to talk about that item i'm gonna let him do it no you go for it you go okay. for it because i love that item but it's not my it, it's not my number one i was gonna have to steal go last because we all know let leo and Nico can go on tangent so i figured i could get like everybody else out before <laughs> i got to him yeah. <laughs> so go ahead go enough all right, so the Imperial Dragon chess set of the High Court uh, mm. is an idea that Lee Wanika pitched, and it had um, he had some solid bones down when it when it came to the group table. But we worked on it and we went over it enough times that in the end, what it's turned into is a magic item that was crafted by Bahamut himself, um, and the pieces of the chess set are carved from the bone, the petrified bones of two different ancient dragons who's, who both agreed to have their spirits bound into the game to govern its rules. And this is a game of dragon chess that is 100% binding for stakes. Um, there's a little bit in there about how that works and it's up to the DM discretion. The two people who are gonna play the game 
they have their discussion about stakes holding a piece each holding their king in their hand uh and when the chess set and the dragons inside it agree and there's rules about what you can and can't put up then you know the game is on it takes some biological matter from each one and uh if you renege you you're subject to the Oathbreaker's curse which grants you four levels of exhaustion that are unremovable until you um comply shall we say uh it's a it's an epic artifact like god level magic item of doom that bahamut gave to the, the early fey uh and in a hope in the hope of keeping their their people from splitting like dragonkind had but unfortunately you know they did and it, it wound up just kicking around somewhere but it's governed very strongly by the rules of law and was supposed to be for helping them solve disputes uh but it's wicked cool and we created a skill challenge for how to play a game of dragon chess in game because you could play it out as a full you know match or whatever but that's a lot to ask the rest of your party to sit through for an in-game <laughs> uh experience we've got a skill challenge in there that we think is pretty cool um so if you do pick up our book definitely check out the imperial dragon chess set of the high court all right and the uh <clears throat> the full page picture for that is amazing okay yeah. all right josh but Oh, oh, sorry. I go said I'd cheat. So also check out the Dream Court, Court's planar mirrors. They're awesome. Okay. Yeah. Totally cool. Yeah. So uh, I think that one of my favorite things about the book as a whole is the number of sort of like pop culture Easter eggs that we have put in the book that I've kind of sprinkled through. I just find them fun. Um, and so that, that brings me to one of my favorite magic items, a uh, magic item called Beckett's Unreliable Doorway. So Beckett's Unreliable, the whole concept of Beckett's Unreliable Doorway is that it's this interplanar doorway that you can set up, but you can't always guarantee where you're going to wind up. It is totally an homage to Quantum Leap. It is uh, like, sh like shamelessly an homage uh, to, to, to Quantum Leap, you know, because like Sam could never determine where he was going to go. He would, you know, uh, um, I mean, even even like other things like there are uh, the like the um, like rabbit hole went deep with that one. Yeah, exactly. Like the the the. The, an entire creation of this character named Zygmunt, who has all these other magic items, and that's based on Ziggy from Quantum Leap, who is who goes along with Beckett's Unreliable Doorway, right? So, you know, so just like stuff like that, like the the, the little pop culture references, the little pop culture Easter eggs in the book, I just I found just Fire hysterical. Woman. Yeah, you exactly. Right. There, there, there's a magic item that's uh, that's based on the cult song Fire Woman. Like that's yeah. you know you can't forget yeah, the NPC so. Beck Samet. Beck Samet, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you know. I like yeah. that. I like, I love Easter eggs. I yeah. absolutely. That was just a um, lot of fun. Yeah. That's that awesome. Yeah. All right, Lee, Nika. Oh, so, you buddy. Unlike Glenn, I'm not going to cheat and take two. What I do is I go on different shows and I pick different things. Okay. So I cover it all over all the different shows that we're on. Uh, but who are you uh, kidding? By the time you're done talking, you'll have talked about half the book. Three quarters. Um, uh, I could go on about the various backgrounds. I could go on about various items uh, for your show, Steve. I'm going to talk about the poultices of healing. Okay. Um, this is another one of those uh, items that was uh, uh, a smidge of a conversation uh, from a year and a half ago that turned into a bigger conversation about a year ago that has cropped up every now and then as Josh and Glenn and I have talked about how do we fix the ranger uh, and, and options. Cause I love the concept of a spellless ranger. Um, I think it's something that's kind of lost, uh, in D and D in general. Uh, there was great options for it in two E. Um, I've seen homebrew stuff in three, three, five for it, but there really has not been a spellless ranger. In fact, in three, five, 
if you wanted a spellless ranger, what you really needed to do is just build a scout uh, and then call him a spellless ranger and just do the feats to get him to wield two weapons, do other rangery things. Uh, but that, that was the way to build that. 5e, mm. very similarly, if you play a, a rogue scout, you can effectively be a spellless ranger, but you don't get the environmental stuff uh, that I think would be necessary. So we talked about all those things. And one of the chief things about it is I felt rangers should know how to heal. But healing is exclusively in 5e because there are not a lot of the skill. The skill mechanism of 5e is not robust. So it is exclusively a magic-based thing. Magical. Or yeah. go to sleep at night and you're automatically healed. And we just felt that did not have enough lore sauce in it. It wasn't good enough. So the idea was use some hearth knowledge, use some old world concepts where people could make a poultice uh, like, like um, Aragon did in Fellowship of the Ring. He, you know, grabbed some mud, grabbed some twigs, broke them, crushed them, uh, spit in it, had a couple, somebody else spit in it, and put it on Frodo's arm, and that helped heal him. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, so these poultices of healing, the idea was I just wanted to make an item that could do that. And okay. uh, what I originally had, the mechanics were not great. It was kind of clunky and it was in some ways a bit OP. Uh, but once it got with the group, when we were ready to kind of bring it to fruition, everybody bought into the concept as being a cool concept. We wanted a mundane item that normal people could do because we te I tend to run lower magic worlds. So uh, we wanted healing that would work. And mm. uh, Glenn came up with the magic, the magic uh, piece for that, which is have it tied to hit thigh and have it tied to uh, a, your rest cycle. Mm. And uh, I won't go into all the specifics. People got to buy the book for that. But it's an amazing item. And it is perfect for your tier one campaigns. If, nice. you, if you're in a party that's playing tier one and nobody wants to roll the medic, don't. Get this book. Mm -hmm. Get somebody who had who knows about this stuff, whether it be through nature, nature or survival or through medicine, and start using poultices of healing. I think they're amazingly cool. I um, like that. And you can like and you can actually lot. do some great adventure hooks to to procure items. Yeah, we put crafting rules in for it too. Crafting and, rules and skill so checks can, for wow. how to make them. And, yeah, wow. it, uh, it's absolutely brilliant, and it's everything that a that a tier one campaign really needs. Hey, if you're playing uh, uh, Icewind Dale uh, or any of those, uh, you know, if you're a Tomb of Annihilation, uh, you know, you want to do something where it's like, hey, but nobody wants to play that that cleric. Why you would go into the uh, Tomb of Annihilation without a cleric, I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> Get annihilated? That sounds like a bad yeah. plan. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> look, I'm playing Icewind Dale with my my Monsters and Mailman group, and I can't tell you how many sled dogs they've accidentally killed Aww. so like dude they this there's stuff that like you like how would you be able to do a game without sled dogs well i i present my group who got stuck in the middle of a forest with no sled dogs and a sled Tra train sled lemmings <laughs> I, I like that i should have done that <laughs> but but essentially that that's what i really love about i like that is, like it fits that low tier exploration style campaign and i think yeah. that's what we i think that's what we really wanted to bring out and we did a really good job of doing that nice yep. um so I, I don't know if you guys have heard this and or discussed it on your guys show um but i recently came across some tiktok and i absolutely wanted to bring this up to you guys 
Um, so all of us have played D and D. We're we're quite familiar with the game. Uh, every now and then, every once in a while. Mm. Uh, yeah, heard of it. So drinking a potion is typically a bonus action, right? We we can it's accept free. that. Drinking no, a potion action. is a free action. No, it's, it's a free not. action, or it's a it's, it's a full not. action. Now? It's a full action. Yeah, drinking a potion is a full action. To be fair, I don't like that rule, and I don't agree with that rule. But there are so many things bound up in it, and so many other decisions to get made based on it. I've chosen to not change that at my table. Yeah, okay. because there's a lot bound up in the action economy, and if yeah. you all of a sudden make that a free action. It really alters what other people do. Like there are whole classes and subclasses built. It eliminates the need for that. a cleric if you mm. have enough healing potions and it's a free action. You'd never need a cleric unless you yeah. got, unless you went down. So, yeah. so the the thing I saw was instead of so you could still use the option for say taking a healing potion as a bonus action, correct? And you get your two d four. Was it two d four plus one? Two d four plus two? I can't remember right off the top of my head. Uh. It's 2d4 plus something. Yeah, it's 2d4 plus something, right? All right. So you could do that as your bonus action. Or the other option, which I think is very clever, instead of using it as a bonus action, but as your regular action, you drink the potion and you get the full effect of it. Under the concept of if you're using it as a bonus action and you're doing something else. So case in point, like I'm attacking Glenn's character. I'm fighting a skeleton off. And as a bonus action, I'm quickly trying to drink this potion. You know, I'm not getting the full potion. However, if I'm taking the time to sit there and actually chug the potion properly, I'm getting the full effect of it. I would love to know what your guys' thoughts on that are. I think that has some merit. Yeah. I guess it is weird that if I drink a potion, that the hit points that I regain from that from that potion are variable. Yeah, that is weird. Right? And but I like that logic behind but, it. How but, they're, they're explaining the, it. Yeah, but I think what he's. I think the the secret sauce to that idea is that if you're doing it as a bonus action, that means you're doing it quickly. So, yep. like for instance, if you ever like crack the soda real fast and try to yeah. slam it, half like it goes it. down the side of your face, down your mm-hmm. shirt. Uh, you're you have to drink it so fast. There's still dregs of it left in the in the can. You're like, ah, you know, and you're out to fight. That was completely visual. I'm sorry, audience. What I did <laughs> was right. I faked drinking a can. I uh showed it falling down my face. Uh, I showed myself crushing the can and throwing it on the ground, waving my uh so, uh sword arm in the air as I went on to attack yeah. the next victim. Uh, but that said. At least it wasn't a tangent. At least it was not a tangent. I'm proud of you. But pull up, goose. Pull up. <laughs> totally disagree. Oh damn! He said, "Pull up, goose." That's not cool, man. That's not cool. I didn't I break my neck. Luke is trying to say is that that's a good idea. TLDR. I like the idea. I can see that. I was yeah. intrigued for a minute. Okay, but I totally disagree, and I'm going to tell you why. I really liked it at first because TSR, or, ooh, my bad, I'm old. Watts' uh, rule is a full action to drink a potion, right? Mm-hmm. So at first I was like, okay, all right, but I do like the old bonus action idea. I could make that a homebrew rule at my table. I could say, if you do it as a bonus action, you have to roll the dice, you know, because yeah. again, you're taking a quick chug and hoping. If you take your full action, drink the whole thing, you get max points, don't roll right yeah that could be wicked cool but now and i know we're not trying to create a reality simulator with D. we're not 
Mm. but around is six seconds, right? Your main attack, your main action takes up most of that six seconds. So a bonus action is like a second or two. Can you yep. chug, even if you're, even if you're an expert shotgunner, can you shotgun a beer in a second or two? No. Uh, right? Did you ever watch the man show? <laughs> but, but, but I think that two. justifies I, the I point of that. Or two. I think I mean, that justifies the point of that. Gets to drink the whole potion is, uh, it would be like more realistic. So I think saying that it takes your full action is pretty plausible. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like if getting the full effect of it as a, using it as an action makes total yeah. sense. Yeah. And the bonus action, you're swigging it and praying to God you get most of it in your mouth. And maybe you will, maybe you won't. Depends on what the dice gods see fit for you. It totally makes sense. I, I'm going to implement it. I think it's freaking amazing. I like, I it, like it. It just, I'm telling you, a full I, action here, to drink a potion seems generous almost I, I, when you think I, about it. I mean, is this already in their hand? Do they have to item interaction to get it out? What are they doing with their sword? How are they getting the stopper off? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but I'm struggling I, and, with a one I, second I, potion well, consumption. Well, and, and not just that, but what if they have two weapon fighting? What if they're fighting with two scimitars? How are they going to ingest that potion? Maybe they have a, a beer can helmet. <laughs> <laughs> just with health potions. Just straws, you know? I'm, but I, I really dig I really <laughs> dig the idea. I just can't see it narratively. <gasps> I was born into this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pew's helmet of potion. Right? That's going to be in the next book. I guess for me, it would really I would happily play at a table that implemented it, though. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I, argue against it. I, I would say this. I think it would really depend on the makeup of the party. If I'm playing a cleric in this party, or if I'm playing a celestial warlock, I hate this rule. Hate this yeah, rule. You, you it diminishes every purpose that I have in the game, right? Or most of the or purposes. it gives you. I disagree because it gives you an opportunity as a cleric. You don't have to be the healer. You can be yeah. the fire and brimstone cleric. I, I get that. And if I wanted to play that kind of cleric, I would like it. But what if I want to play the healer? What if I want to play the combat medic? You know, if I want to do those things, it's actually why we did the pulses of healing is but what if somebody wants healing for that? Yeah. What if I want to do these cool things, but because I want to play that role, I mean, nothing for nothing. Uh, it was a shame when he got shot up in the trench, but uh, Doc from G.I. Joe was an awesome character. I loved that character. Um, you know, he was much better than Lifeline for a whole host of reasons. But uh, I can tell you that I think if I'm setting out to play that that type of character, I want to play that type of character. And right. this rule would diminish from that. So I guess my answer is it would really depend on the makeup of the table and the and the player and the and the types of characters that the players have brought. If I how strongly you're planning on kicking their butts. I mean, if you're planning on running a dangerous high threat campaign additional healing rules aren't a bad thing at all that, and that's where i was yeah. going to go with this i think it just it, it doesn't diminish your character i just feel like it gives you more breathing room as a way to put it because it's not diminishing who you are it's not taken away from your character but it's you are you don't have to worry about making sure you save the points for that heal you can save it for later if need be you don't have to be shoot do i do this now and he's like don't worry i can take this as a suppository really quick you know let me use an action to clug, clug, clug it 
That's right. I went there with the suppository. I, I, I'm not sure you understand what suppository means since we're drinking. the. Oh, I know what it means, but no, it's, that's not where that goes. <laughs> oh, he's standing on I didn't say I did my medicine checks. Well, I just said I did. It. Oh, roll the one. Definitely roll the one. In no, but I'm just saying, in, in all seriousness, so it, it, it frees up a chance. It does. For, and, and it gives you a little bit more breathing room. Like I said, I, I think it's neat. I think it's unique and it's a definitely looking outside the box uh but yeah. I, like i said I, I thought it was a cool question to ask you yeah. guys interestingly I, enough these are the kinds of discussions we had while we were making this book it was it was i really like this idea and it was a lot of poke holes in this right now yeah. find a reason why it shouldn't work or yeah. help, help you know help, talk me off josh was notorious for this one talk me off this ledge yeah. <laughs> you know uh because uh, for every good idea, there are ways it can either be misused right. or abused or not used for various other sundry reasons. So you have to have these types of discussions in order to decide what to go forward with. Yeah. So I think what you guys are bringing to the table is really awesome. I know we got, and I love that we got to talk about the whole process of this. Yeah. Um, I love that we got to talk about some of your favorite parts about this book. Uh, so where can people find this book? Josh? Josh? Oh, there it is. <laughs> sure. Almost so, in sync. Uh, yeah, we're pretty so, cool. <laughs> uh, so the book is available on DMs Guild. Uh, if you go to DMs Guild and just search uh, either for Tabletop Journeys or for the Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse, uh, you'll find it there. Uh, and right now, in fact, actually, if you go to www.ttjourneys.com, while you're checking out the podcast, you can also get a special link uh, to DMs Guild uh, to get a special price on the book so that is awesome mm -hmm. uh, did you guys have any final thoughts that you wanted to, to help pitch this book a little bit more or just in general of our general discussions our book good check it out our book, our book. good yeah yeah um, uh, the only thing Healing that i want potions, to say is not is, suppositories is, is i i just wanted to go ahead and thank as much much like how i thanked you at the beginning for letting yeah. us come on here to go ahead and talk about it. i really want to thank everyone that's going to take a look at the book Absolutely. um and re really hope that you that you you buy it and you uh, and you enjoy it um you know, uh, and let us know what you think. Every, of it. Please let us know what you think. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, every a review on DMs Guild, send us an email. Yeah. I mean, and every, every dollar that we're making from this book is going into our next project. So, you know, uh, we're really excited to, uh, to, we're really excited not only about this book, but about, uh, uh, everything we have, uh, we have coming up here. We just want to keep getting bigger and better, uh, and keep, uh, putting out awesome stuff for you and, uh, supporting us on this book, uh, helps us do that. So heck yeah. And I would say just understand how much love uh, and energy and effort went into putting out a great book that plays at the table smoothly. The story hooks, uh, the backgrounds to create those backstories for your characters. Uh, this is a book that is equal parts player and storyteller focus. Yeah, exactly. um, it is not a one or the other. It is equal parts because every piece has a storyteller's uh, vision uh, and a story in mind. There's a narrative flow to this book. So uh, even the smallest and most mundane items, the idea was how can we make a better story for, a, how can this fit into a better type of story? And most of the story hooks, if not all of them, are have a tie-in to something elsewhere in the book. So it's not yeah. only things, it's things, and then a way to use those things are yep. all in this, in this package. 
Awesome. All right. Yeah. So where can the good people out in Nerd Nation find you guys? Sure. So once again, www.ttjourneys.com or Tabletop Journeys, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and by all means, please hit us up on Twitter at ttjourneys. And by all means, if you go to uh, our Patreon, uh, that's a great place to uh, join our community. Uh, we actually two places to join our community. Josh mentioned Facebook, but Patreon is a great place to, get, to join. Uh, a lot of our ideas have been play tested there. Uh, we do play test through our Patreon actual plays. So it's, it's a great place to, to go join in, uh, help support the show, join in with a bunch of fantastic role players who are all about good stories yeah. and good games. And uh, yes. since Josh didn't actually mention Facebook, but Lee Winnicott just did, <laughs> you can uh, also join our community by uh, joining the Facebook group that we have, Tabletop Journeys. Just search us on Facebook. You'll find us there. I think that's so cool. You guys all just did a set, different part of it. That was very adorable. I think you guys, <laughs> <laughs> just, that was awesome. That was well played and very well done. It's the first um, time it's ever happened and it was twice. kind of by accident. I, that's, that's, <laughs> such these magical moments. So let's go ahead and let's wrap this up. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you're listening to podcasts. And if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify, please remember to rate and review. We love them all both. Uh, we're also on Instagram and Facebook, so please like and follow us at DNA Pod and on Twitter at Nerd DNA Pod and on our webpage, which was designed by the wonderful, the adorable, the absolute I choose you Pikachu Josh Newton over there at nerddnapod.com. Uh, this has been the DNA Podcast. I've been joined by Glenn Myers, Lee Winika, Josh Newton, the one wonderful the amazing these incredible geniuses who came up with this spectacular book traveler's guide to the multiverse uh gentlemen thank you so much for being on the show tonight it has been an absolute pleasure always thank fun you. always fun and uh thanks thank, thanks i appreciate it a lot yeah, and look i finally stopped dodging you did you did that's awesome uh, thank you guys so much once again glenn thank you. king of the swerve game right you know, <laughs> i got some game <laughs> <laughs> Thank you and good night.